Hey there, adventurer. Damien, the DM and editor here. Just wanted to put a quick note at the beginning of this episode. This episode has been remastered and re-released in 2020, almost three years after its initial release. I'll be working my way through these early episodes and remastering them for quality and content. Before this episode gets started, I just wanted to take a moment to thank our patrons for supporting us along the way and allowing us to afford the tools to do something like this. I'd also like to thank the artists whose music we use in the show. Some have allowed us to use their work since the beginning, and others are getting a new chance to appear during this project. Thank you to Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com, Tabletop Audio, Windswept, Sirenscape, Alexander Nakarada from Serpent Sound Studios, Adrian Von Ziegler, Derek and Brandon Feichter, Scott Buckley, and Michael Gelfi. Hello, and welcome to Adventures in Aurelia, a podcast where five friends sit around the table and record themselves playing Dungeons and Dragons. I'm Krista, and I play Willow, a rogue kitty cat. I'm Chris, and I play Sug, a half-orc fighter. I'm Chantel, and I play Chalul, a lizardfolk warlock. I'm Caitlin. I play Lass, a halfling rogue. And I'm Damien. I'm the DM. I'm SP from Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., a show about the general Marvel comic universe, part of the Guinea Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other hilarious and fun geeky shows at guineageeknetwork.com. So, last time we met, you guys finally rescued Xanthia. Only took many hours. All told, though, it was a pretty quick turnaround. This whole this whole uh, arc has been like two days in game. One of which was spent buying stuff. <laughs> Jeff had let you guys in. Xanthia makes her way straight across the room over to her father's chambers and just rapidly starts tapping on his door. And the room you guys are in is a large circular room. Is this the office? It's the like the entryway. Um, the way the way it's laid out is you've got the door that leads up from the stairs on one wall. It, directly across from that across the room is a door that you guys have never seen opened. To the left of the stairs is a fireplace. It has always seemed to have a fire burning in it, and even at this late hour. You see a fire lightly burning inside the fireplace, some soft crackling. And across from the fireplace to the right of the stairway is the room that you guys have met with Cassian in what you have come to know as his office. What, what is the party doing? I'm again listening well, I'm to walls. I'm wanting answers and stuff, so I would have followed her also. I'm probably standing behind her. The middle of the night to her dad's room? Yeah. So, Chalul. What are you up to as everyone gets in here? Um, I guess I'm kind of just filing away information that I like to talk to Cassian about as we go forward. (laughs) And I'm kind of looking around at everybody, I suppose. How does everybody, like, look? I'm beat up. Not, like, bleeding out, but I'm beat up. Stinky paws that are all blood-stained from when I stepped on the body. Glass? Um, she's fine physically. She's just like emotionally drained. So you can see like the wear on her. 
even though she's not hurt in any way. So Willow is basically right up on Xanthia following to his room. What are the, where do the rest of you guys go? Do you follow in tow or do you go over to the sofas that are laid in front of the fireplace? Yeah, I think last would go to a sofa and hop on. There is a spot that has a decanter of wine and some glasses. Also that. Pretty much always been there as you guys come up here. Is there a decanter of water? Yes. <laughs> yeah, Jules going to do his standard. Sees the water over there. He'll give it a good sniff first. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure it's like fire water. Kind of poke his tongue in a little bit. Just guaranteeing that it's water before he dumps it over his head. <laughs> so, yeah, but yeah, he's pretty much going to grab it then. It's water. Okay. <laughs> Keeping in mind that uh, he has been scolded in the past, but he still needs his his dosage of water, so he'll just kind of slowly Sewers trickle. run enough for him. Slowly like, drizzle like yeah. like syrup. Yes. <laughs> Letting it soak in. So, Willow, the door in front of you that Xanfi is just, just tapping on opens. In front of you, in front of her, is Cassian. He has some tight, like, knee-high brown underpants on, loosely tied around the waist, and he is standing in front of you shirtless. He has a very well-toned body. Les raises an eyebrow. Seeing Xanthia, he just pulls her into a long, deep hug. Go ahead and roll perception. Willow. Willow's the only one that's established being close to him. Fifteen. You notice there are some whisperings back and forth between the two of them, but you're not able to make anything out unless you're planning on, like, sticking your ear into their conversation. Like, put my head up to them? Yes, I'm saying that you can figure out kind of what they're saying if you are going to rudely interject yourself into their conversation. How close are they to the door jam? Like, he pulled her in. Yes, this would be in the door. In the door jam? Okay. You're, you're a good, like, five or so I'm not going to be rude. Okay. So he he pulls away. You you see he's definitely teared up a little bit. You've brought my daughter back to me. Yes, sir. All of you, you've done more for me than I could ever repay. I suppose we should sit down and discuss things, discuss matters. Xanthia, would you like to join, or would you like to return to your room and rest? I think it's best if I'm here for this. I'm sure there are going to be lots of questions, and I'm the only one that can answer them. So, Cassian, you see him disappear into his room for a second. While he's gone, Sug's going to walk up to uh, uh, Xanthia. He's going to hold out his hand and be like, I'd like my sword back. Xanthia turns, kind of tilts her head at you. As you wish. Pulls out the sword and hands it over to you. He'll take that and slide it back into his little area that he's got it. He traded in a lot of swords for that thing. She, she like, turns away into the direction of Willow and just kind of gives Willow a look of, what just happened? He likes his stuff. <laughs> Sug will walk back over and probably Willow. drink straight from the wine. Willow will just smile and like shake her head like I know. <laughs> After a couple minutes, Cassian makes his way out. He's now dressed in black and gray pants. He has a 
white undershirt on and unbuttoned but hung around his shoulders over his arms is the what you've come to know as kind of standard black tunic for him. And he walks over to the door to his office, closing and locking his bedroom door behind him. And he unlocks the door to the office and please come in. I'm sure by now you guys are somewhat familiar with this arrangement. Willow's going to go get a drink and then come in. Well, Sug has the wine decanter in his hand and Chalul has dumped out the water. You have the whole entire decanter? He said that he was drinking straight from it. She's going to grab a glass then and walk up to Sug and say, can I have some? <laughs> Please? Or like a half a glass worth. I'm a nicer kitty when I have wa- when I have. No, you're I a drinking? heavy kitty. I got to carry downstairs when you drink. No, you don't. You just chose to. I had to take you out of the room. There's your half a glass. Start with that. <laughs> so Cassian walks into the office room. He walks over to his desk. He pulls out some parchment and a quill, gets an ink bottle out and opens it up. Well, come in, sit or stand if you'd prefer, but it is late and you guys have had a very long day. Last sits. Chul's going to follow in and sit as well. Sug still stands. Back to a wall. He doesn't trust the butt stuff. So he sits down, waits for everyone to take their spots. Sug is standing up back against the wall. Willow, what do you do? There's couches. There's one like extra long couch. Think almost a double length couch. You could fit an easy five or six people on it. It's got a slight curve to it so that everyone sitting on it can kind of face each other and face who's in front of them. There are also a couple large chairs, like person and a half sized chairs. Inside here, there is also a bottle of clear liquid that is not water, as Chalul had found out previously, and a bottle of an amber liquid and a couple small glasses set on a table by one of the windows. And it looks like it's complimentary. It doesn't look complimentary. You are in someone's private office. You guys have been offered it in the past. It's up to you if you think that offer still extends to the current situation. You did just save his daughter. She still has half her glass, so she'll wait. But uh, Willow's going to go plop her butt on the back of the couch, like top back with her her paw feet on the edge of the arm. Chalul? Um, Chalul will kind of pull his, one of the chairs out to a point where he can kind of, you know, observe the room, but pretty much just sit down normally, make himself comfortable. Lass? Lass has her glass of wine that she brought from the other room and she is sitting on the couch. Where does she sit in relation to Willow? I would imagine she's on the opposite edge. Okay. So everyone <laughs> in the room, like they, everyone that has been working and fighting together for the last couple days <laughs> enters this room and like spreads to the four corners. It's been a very emotionally taxing period. We needed some, uh, some chill time. But yeah, she sits down on the couch and with like knees down and like elbows resting on her <laughs> knees, holding her glass in front of her. Xanthia enters the room, takes the chair that Chalul didn't take, and she sits in it back against one of the arms, throws her leg over the other arm, pulls out the dagger that she was given earlier and is like cleaning out underneath her nails. That's why I took my sword back. (laughs) (laughs) 
Cassian looks over the whole party. He kind of crosses his, his fingers, elbows on the desk in front of him, and rests his chin on his thumbs. So, a lot has happened in the last day. You found her. Where was she? And he kind of looks in her direction as he says, her and she. Willow's going to give her a moment to answer for herself. As no one else speaks up, she looks over and goes, I was doing business. She was in the Undercity. She was under the Undercity. <laughs> I see. And he kind of, kind of as each one of you talks, he looks in your direction and makes eye contact and then looks back at Xanthia. And what, my dear, were you doing in the Undercity? Ah. <sighs> I was doing a job. Being captured. She was chained to the wall. Job. <laughs> looks looks over at the two of you, like it, she she kind of throws her legs down so that she can turn and look over in your guys' directions. Like, no, being captured was not part of the job. Hmm. Being captured was the job going wrong. And Cassian, it's just like, yes, being captured is the job going wrong. Why, my daughter, were you doing a job that was not sanctioned by us? What were you doing? She looks at him. These are nice chairs, and they're, they've got kind of how, how some fancier chairs have like a wood frame to them and have some wood scroll work like in the front of the arms. And she takes a dagger and sticks it into the woodwork in the front of it Whoa. so that she can kind of write herself up. I was doing a job in order to seek more power that I could use to benefit this family. I I think she was trying to buy some medicinal herbs. What kind of power were you trying to get that involves cultists and warlocks? You were going to be, like, sacrificed or something. They took you hostage. They could have killed you. You're lucky we got there. What were you thinking? And at this point, Cassian has straightened himself up a bit and is definitely like, okay, then. (laughs) (laughs) Through somewhat gritted teeth, Cassian, just a cult. Oh, oh, oh. Suggle will reach into his bag or whatever and pull out the piece of torn cloth that has the symbols still on it. This one. Yes, Dad, a cult. I was trying to get myself into the good graces of their leader so that I could take part in the pact along with him. Originally... He might be dead now. Originally, I was hired to help acquire some ingredients for this man. As I started to put some of these pieces together and figure out that the things that I was being asked for were part of a ritual spell. I started to ask some more questions. I had overheard some things and found out that these men and women were trying to establish a bond, a bond with a sword of immense power. And at that point, Amchul will kind of bring out the uh, little silver sword, long sword pendant thing that he has and kind of put it on the table for him to look at. So you you get up and walk over to him and just hand it out to him? Yeah, it's like we retrieved this from some of the bodies we had to get through. As you approach him, he reaches a hand out and takes it 
Sug's gonna keep a close eye on Cassian when he's looking at the symbols to see if he uh, recognizes it. He's he's glanced over in your direction at the symbols. He is not someone familiar with the arcane, so he kind of looks over, sees, okay, magic stuff, and Cassian looks at the pendant, turns it around in his hands a couple times, and do, do you stand there at all? Or? Yeah, I stand there. Okay, he hands it back to you. I retrieve it back and go back to my chair. <laughs> and I'm guessing you found these off of the men that you killed? Yes, and then also before he goes back to his chair, he's going to take out the um, ornate dagger that he found also. We also found these kind of daggers, very ritualistic. I see. Well, I am not a man familiar with rituals myself. <laughs> you better keep it that way. I can't tell you it's very a very savory business. And Xanthia continues with, I was overhearing things while I was making my deliveries to the sewers. <laughs> Father? Is, is that what you call it? Because I have, call it making boom boom. <laughs> you have trained me well, and I was able to follow them to figure out where they were working from. I was able to use my positioning to overhear parts of the conversations, and that's how I found that they were trying to forge a bond with this sword. It's not something that I have heard of being done very often. And the way that they talked about it, it sounded like a way for me to gain a lot of power in a short amount of time. Power that could be used to further this family, to bring us even higher in our standings and in our dealings. Make me someone that could protect everyone here. Chalula at this is just going to kind of start chuckling, just like, <laughs> and at what price, little drow, are you willing to pay for this power? Xanfia turns over to you. The price is something that was unknown to me. It's not something that I was able to garner before I was taken. <laughs> you see, after I got out of jail, I continued the job that I was doing for them. I was able to acquire the silver scales that they needed, and I brought it back down to them. I apologized for being late, and as I left, knowing that I had no further work for them, I decided to circle around the area that they have been hiding out, and they've been hiding out deep within the Undercity, past where most of the Undercity's denizens live, and where they will go to do any sort of their business. I was able to hide for a while, and then he was better than me. He managed to apparently find out that I had been down there, and him and a few of his men captured me. And who is he? The name that I've gotten from him was Molzen Kormroth, and at this... Cassian slams a fist into his table and stands up. Him? Do you have any idea what you've done by letting him find you? Do you have any idea what it means for him to be in this city? For him to be this close to the surface? Do you know anything about him? I've told you what I know. And she's like, kind of backed into the chair a little bit. He 
was someone that was looking for power that I was hoping that I could gain with him. Willow's going to walk over to uh, one of the decanters of alcohol. She's feeling awkward right now. She's going to, she's already finished what Sug gave her and she's going to walk over and he's going to look over at Cassian and say, may I? Cassian doesn't say anything and just glares at you. I look over at Sug. Does he, does he still have it or is he finished? It's empty. <sighs> Stingy males. She's going to walk back over and plop back down. As Willow decides not to take a drink and starts walking back, Xanfia turns to you and goes, you may have a drink. You've pissed off your dad. I'm not believing you. Cassian, with his hands, like, gripping the edge of his desk, slowly lowers himself back down into his seat. Daughter, there's a lot you don't know about your family's past. You see, drow are somewhat uncommon on the surface. You know that there are not many like us up here. We used to have a lot of power in the Underdark. We were a noble family underground. The Cormrath family was another noble family. We sat on the council together. I sat on the council with Molzen's family. When your mother died, I did not leave on good terms. You were still young. And after what happened to her, I did not want to raise you down there in the dangers that are part of being in the Underdark. And at this, Xanfia pushes herself up from the chair, turns, and walks out of the room. Anyone do anything, or do they just all... Uh, Cassian make any, like, motion to stop her? He watches. He doesn't look like he wants her to stop. He doesn't try to, no. Okay, but we'll just let her go by. Just taking it all in of what was being said and what happened, and watching her walk out the door, like, okie dokie. Last just watches her walk out the door, and heavy sigh. <sighs> On that note, um, because Trulo kind of, I'm sure, hears things in his warlocky business, would he be at all familiar with the name that they're throwing around for moles and Cornwath? No, you would not. Okay. He is, from what you would gather in the conversation so far, a drow from the Undercity, or from the Underdark. Okay. Originally, at least. You hear from the room over knocking, like, hard pounding on the door. Well, you'd probably be able to tell that it's from your side. It sounds like Xanfia trying to get Jeff to come unlock the door. You see Cassian kind of flex his shoulders a little bit to loosen himself up, and he leans back in his chair a bit. (sighs) I'm sorry you all had to be a part of that. Is there anything that you guys can tell me that my daughter has withheld? All we really know is we saw what looked like cultist people. She was chained to a wall. They were planning to get rid of her for sure, but we don't know quite exactly what their entire plan entailed. We heard bits here and there, mostly about them wanting to become warlocks and what we could puzzle out together for ourselves, but... Kind of sounded like they were going to use her for a sacrifice. I see. They knew she was valuable. And... 
depending on what they were able to learn about her, that is definitely something true to a man like Molzen. He would know our name just like I know his. And if he was able to connect her with being my daughter, he could use her to do a lot of pain to me. Like I was saying to her before she stormed off, I did not leave the Underdark on good terms. I was a well-respected member of the council there, and after Xanthia's mother had died from an invasion of some creatures that lived down there, I decided that I did not want to raise a daughter by myself in a land so dangerous. That's understandable. in the middle of what we called night down there, I left, I packed her up, I packed up all of my wealth, I packed up the belongings that mattered to me, and we came up here. How long ago was that? About 40 years. It's not often that someone down there comes up here. I'm sure that must have created quite the stir up here then. It did. However, the amount of money that I had with me, I was able to purchase land just like anyone else coming to this city. And that's where I bought this place. And he motions to the the house that you guys are in. And I have regrown into somewhat of a respectable businessman around here. Now, we have some unfortunate business. Is there anything else you guys would like to discuss about your ventures down there before we get to that? I believe we've covered everything that we were able to glean from the situation so far. Mm-hmm. All right. And he takes a deep breath and leans back. The four of you have done more for me in a short time than I could expect from many of your kinds in a lifetime. Our kinds? Half-orc, tabaxi, lizard folk, halfling. We are a colorful group. (laughs) You're also a group of races that normally do not live as long as mine does. So yes, more than what I could expect out of you guys in a lifetime. Bringing my daughter back to me is a priceless task that you guys have done for me. And with that, it is with a very heavy heart and much regret. I cannot have you guys here anymore. Last perks up a little bit. You promised magical things if I helped you. Can I at least do you have some like wizard books? (laughs) Something magical? For payment, you promised. (laughs) I'll hold you to it. (laughs) Your race has always been strange. I will make good on the promises that I have made. You see, in the time that you guys have been gone, a lot has been happening in the city. Oh? We're only gone a couple days. It's been like a day. What what could happen in a day? Well, (laughs) as you recall about... Three days ago, a noble was killed within the district. I have no memory of that. What the heck happened? (laughs) No, that's terrible. Oh. Investigations have been going on, and the fact that I have 
new members within my guild have brought a little bit of attention to this place. Earlier today, I had to allow a contingency of guards to roam through my private house looking for some people that were suspect in the death of a noble at Ezerai's gala. Who could they be looking for? You guys are unique around here. You guys are new around here. Glass swears under her breath. And unfortunately, it seems like the deeds that have been done have drawn some attention in my direction that I cannot have. I cannot have it endanger my business or my family. Now, I am someone with a lot of reach. I'm not saying that you guys can no longer work for me. I'm just saying that I cannot have you in this house. At least until things die down and I can arrange some other paths for this investigation to take. I have a few offers for you, and it's up to you guys to discuss what direction you'd like to take. I can't have you in Thelnea, but I can buy you somewhere to live and call home out in the commons. From there, I can easily exchange message along with you guys if I need you to do anything for me. Or I will pay your guys' way to go anywhere else on Saval. I will buy you guys a small estate wherever you would choose to be. And you guys can report to other areas of my network. Hmm. And he just kind of folds his hands and sits and watches over the rest of you. I know this is a big thing. Feel free to discuss among yourselves what you'd like to do. If any of you would like to go your own way, I can work out something with you. Or you guys can stay as a group and continue working for me. If you'd like to no longer work for me, that can be arranged as well. Pleasantly. I, for one, would still like to stay in connection with you. I believe it'd be quite profitable in the future for perhaps for us both. So I would definitely prefer a stay on working terms. Also, I personally wouldn't mind it if we settled it into a location closer to Corinthia. That is a bit closer to where I'm from. And I have some business to conduct there that I would like to see through. I'm used to wandering. I don't need to stay here. I'll still work for you if, if you pay me with magic, magical items or books. Magic. I don't need gold. <laughs> I've never really left the city, so trying somewhere else could be fun. Suggle just shrugged. I have nowhere else to go and no trade to ply. Yes, but you are free now. I tend to remain that way. And you are free to make whichever decision sounds the best for you. I'll do what the group needs. As long as I've got food and drink, a place to sleep, I'm fine. Hey, Chalul. Yes? Are we uh, choosing to get along now? I have never chosen not to get along. Are we going to be on good terms? Are we going to make a truce? That sounds agreeable to me, Cat. And he'll kind of walk on over to you and stick out a claw. <laughs> She'll stick out her claw from her paw and touch your claw. <laughs> yes, we are on a good terms now, Kat. Okay. So let's work to keep it that way. Same to you. So 
It sounds like Chalul would like to go to somewhere in Corinthia. How do you all feel about that? I haven't been there yet. I don't know what that is. It's to the northwest. Sounds fine to me. Like past the commons? Like... <laughs> like out of Miavet. There's an out of Miavet. We would be leaving the city. Yes, Sug, you are free to leave the city. The city entirely. There's stuff beyond the city? Yes, there are stuff outside of these walls, outside of the mines, it's outside great, of the big, slave wide pits. wide world out there. Hmm. All right. Hey, Cassian. Yes, Willow? If we're to try to leave the city, is because of everything that happened. Is there guards that are going to stop us? I'm going to have you guys stay in the Bannered Mare for tonight. You remember when you first came to me, you came underground. Right. Is that how we're leaving? You came from the Bannered Mare, and I will have you guys in a room over at the Bannered Mare. You will travel there the same way that you've gotten here. So that once again, if someone were to tip the guards that a cart dropped off a few people late in the night, they will once again not find you here. Gotcha. No one will see you leave from the Bannered Mare. You will travel yet again underground after I have everything arranged for you. I'm going to be spending the rest of my night making sure now that I know what you want to do, things will be set up for you. You will travel underground once again with the help of Victor or Xanthia if she is in a better mood. And I will have you guys travel farther along the rat's nest from where you guys have turned off for here. Where you guys exit will be inside Siren. From there, you can very easily blend in with the crowds of the marketplace. I will have a cart set to pick you up and take you outside of the city. I feel that I can get you guys far away enough from here and far enough away from Thelnea that there will be no suspicion as to what has happened. I have a wide reach and many connections. I feel I can trust enough people to get you out of the city safely. People are entering and leaving this city all the time. So there should be no suspicion for just another cart and many making their way out of the city off to what sounds like Corinthia. Yes, I believe that sounds like a good plan. He kind of grins a little. These kind of plans are part of what I do. <laughs> On that note, though, if you could direct anyone, kind of like how the cat has said, anyone with a bit of a magical talent our way or a bit of magical knowledge, I have, like I said, I have business that I would like to get taken care of back in Corinthia in my home marsh. And I seem to be a bit lacking in the knowledge and information I would need to be able to defeat some of the forces there. I will send you with a letter. The speed at which you get there would be almost enough to pace what it would take me to send it myself. And you will deliver it as you make your way into Corinthia. There are ways to find people that work for me. Deliver it to them and they will see what you need met. Very well. Do you have anywhere specific within Corinthia that you would like to call your home? So I don't want to live really like in my marsh. I want to still be like in like a, maybe a city or a town or something outside of it. 
somewhere I can still get, you know. How large of a city would you like to be in? Obviously, nothing outside of Miavet compares. Right. Um, Do any of you have a preference? Something that has a tavern? (laughs) Yes, I'd say as long as it's got (laughs) booze, willows, good. Something that has, yeah, like a, a magic shop or a booze place or something like that. Some places for places for connections that will Well, be... what I'm getting at is I can set you up in Thumeria, the capital. Yeah. Or I could set you up in one of the smaller towns. Like Rhodes is a very popular town, not quite the size of Thumeria. Mm-hmm. But I'd say possibly a littler town, someplace where... Smaller may be better. Yeah. Maybe there's no standing city guard. What's a Chiron Bay? Is that just a port or is that like an actual town? It's a large city. It's it's probably the second largest city in Corinthia. Rhodes comes in at a close third. So Thumeria is the capital. It is a large trade city. Um, it kind of got its start because the merchants that would travel along the coast found that it was actually quicker to move goods off of ships over the peninsula and then back onto a new ship than it was to sail all the way around the peninsula as they made their way down the coast. It was also safer because it kept them from going into deeper waters to be able to make all the way outside. I would say we should probably look for a place that has lots of different races as well. Well, um, any of the lands on the, the east coast are fairly human dominant, but they are also quite mixed. It's very similar to the landscape of Miavet being a predominantly human um, land. There is a lot of mixed races in there in comparison to something like the forests on the West Coast being almost entirely elven and the small area in the kind of middle east to southeast before it forms the peninsula that makes up Miavet, where is a very large dwarven area or the center above the desert that is all orcish. I'm just saying, like, I don't want to, I don't think considering we are such a mixed group, I mean uh, last being halfling could fit in most places because they tended to wander and travel but a lizard folk with tabaxi and a half-orc might all be kind of... That is a large benefit of going to Corinthia is that is one of the the marsh that she's talking about, or that he is talking about, is one of the largest lizard folk populations. My homies. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, like, you got a lizard folk crossing with a tabaxi and a half-orc could be anywhere, basically, but I just don't want to, like, like, walk into a small town and have, like, a whole bunch of people be like, what? But it's especially if that's kind of what you want, Rhodes is probably going to be one of the better cities to settle in because Rhodes has a road that splits off in almost all direction. It gets its name from being a hub town. Can you tell us a little bit more about Rhodes beyond it being a crossroads? Rhodes is a reasonably large sized town somewhat in the center of Corinthia. Largely, it's kind of a pass-through city or a pass-through town. It all formed because people traveling across, specifically traveling from Thumeria over into the desert through Torval's Pass would 
meet up with people that were traveling north, and it just became a kind of default area to meet up, to stop, to restock in. As travelers went through, people started settling and realized that they could make money off of it over the many years. It has grown to a place where people store goods, where people do a lot of trading. People are constantly moving in and out of the city. So it's a waypoint that became a point for everything to gather. (laughs) Yes. It became a, a crossroad that grew into a village, then into a town, and starting to approach smaller city size. As for what's going on now, I couldn't really tell you. I have a wide reach, but things take time, and if nothing big is going on, I'm usually not aware of it. So, roads? Yeah, I think roads sounds like a very decent place for us to set up for a while, then. So, Cassian dips his cool and ink, scrawls out some notes. You see, he's writing down quite a lot. It seems like he had been kind of waiting for you guys to figure out what you wanted to do before he started working on too much. I want all of you to know that you will be welcome back after things have died down. Hopefully, I can arrange things so that Ezerai has to take the fall. In which case, then, there will be no suspicion on me or any of the new members of my business. If you would wish to return at that point... Perhaps you'll find a reason to settle in Rhodes, or your travels will take you on elsewhere. That sounds pretty, pretty good. Out of curiosity, do you happen to have something against Lord Ezerai? Yes. Hmm. Seems to be a reoccurring theme, especially considering some of the nature of some of our missions. Well, the issues with the Cormrath family were definitely not planned. I thought that I had left them behind decades ago. Now, Molzen himself is not a name that I recognize. I imagine him to probably be one of the children of the family. Perhaps I'll find out more about this from Xanthia when she's ready to discuss further. So, Ezerai and Molbeth are connected? Oh, no. I have my issues with Ezerai because his father is a very powerful noble from the forest elves. It's an elf thing. Ah, uh, yes, clans. Beyond not go being along. an elf thing, have you seen where he lives? Yes, kind of hard to miss. Yes, I could do a lot with the land that he has. Unfortunately. The walls of this city make it hard to acquire land of that size anymore. That land has been in the Emiria family for roughly a thousand years. I'd like it. (laughs) I see the uh, desire for power runs through the family. Though I'd like to think of the power that I seek to be more social power, so things that I can use to do good. The power of a pact with a powerful sword. I don't see how that would help me. I fully agree with you there. Pacts uh, can be a messy thing. You would do well to warn your daughter away from these kinds of things. 
They don't always end well, especially for the person making the pact. I should know, I've had many of my clan members also die doing such a thing. Well, I am hoping that due to what has happened to her while trying to form this bond once, she won't attempt again. It also may be time for me to stop letting her roam so freely. She doesn't seem the sort to be easily tied down, though. No, and usually it's not a problem for me. However, this has become a problem for me. Well, then I suppose we'll let you take care of your kin then, and I can get on with trying to take care of mine. Is there anything the rest of you would like to discuss and arrange? Yes, I know. Wizard (laughs) stuff. I will see what I can do in the short time that I have. Sug. Sir. What about you? What can I do for you before you leave my den? I have what I need. And there's nothing more that you wish to have. As long as there's work that pays for me wherever I go, I should be able to get what I need. Nothing you desire as you were to grow in power, perhaps to reach level three. I would like to be nice to have some better weapons. What I have is what I could afford, but I know there's better out there. I've left your rapier with Jeff. The rapier is in your room. Is that the weapon you'd wish to take? Is there one that you would prefer to have? I wouldn't know. You wouldn't know? No, I was always supplied with weapons. Which one was your favorite when you were uh, battling? I wasn't really given a chance to create a favorite. Well, you've fought many times, right? It was with what they gave us to fight with. We fought with clubs. We fought. Which with one did the hands. best for you? They all work equally well. The weapon I remember the first one I had was the chains that actually held my manacles. Something tells me you wouldn't like to be put in manacles yet again. I wouldn't like to see a man try. Cassian turns over to Lass. And you? Is there anything I could do for you? Uh, I... I don't need much more than what I've got on me already. I am used to living with only what I can carry on my back. And you as well have nothing that you desire to help you grow in power. Perhaps to level three. I've got my daggers. <laughs> Just some more basic supplies keep us from dying along the way. Okay, then. I will begin work on getting things ready for you. I have some paperwork to fill out. I have some people to talk to briefly. If there's nothing else that you guys need... Um, where's Jeff? Is he sleeping? Yes. Are we leaving tonight? No. He's got all of our money. Yeah. (laughs) Well, no one had brought that up before. I will make sure that everything that he has documented for you guys is transferred out into coin. I have things that I've purchased that I have not yet received. If we leave before I receive them, can they be sent to us? They can, though... It is entirely possible that in the day that you have been gone, they have already been acquired. I will have Jeff make sure that your affairs are in order, as well as all of the money that you guys are owed has been paid out to you. Will we get a Jeff? 
I will not be providing you with a Jeff. However, you may be able to hire someone similar to him. We've got to get a Jeff. We need another Jeff. And Cassian looks towards Willow. You guys will be leaving probably tomorrow night. Okay. I'm sleeping all day. Are we done here? I believe we are. Mm-hmm. On to the next. Cassian stands up, stretches a little bit, and waves his hand towards the door. So we'll walk out the door. Cassian gestures a little more firmly <laughs> at the door. Jules stands up and he walks out as well. And before he leaves, he'll kind of turn to him and be like, if you'd like me to tell your kin some horror stories about packs with warlocks, just let me know. <laughs> walks out the door. Lass heaves herself off the couch. Willow hears uh, Chulul say that and makes mental note to not go towards Warlock. Sug went just outside the door, by the way. He just, like, walked across the room. He's waiting. Willow's the last to leave, and she looks at Cassie and goes, So the books will be... Wizard stuff, I know. Wizard stuff. Lots to read. You've got a long journey ahead of you. Yeah, I know. (laughs) You've made things very... Very, very clear. (laughs) Okay. Every time we've met so far. I know where you live. I look forward to being done with you. (laughs) Cassian walks, walks out of the door, closes it and locks it so that he can walk over to the door downstairs and unlock it and let you guys down. So is everybody leaving? He, He unlocks the door and. The, the stairs are open to you. You guys know where your room is here. Yep, Chula makes his way up to his room. Yes. Our room. Our room, yeah. Gather our things. Before Sug goes downstairs, he's going to stop by Cassie and he's going to lean in pretty close. He's going to say, Cornrath knows who Xanthea is and knows who, who she's kin to. I gathered that, Sug. Well, <laughs> you said you weren't sure if he knew. I'm letting you know he knows. Thank you, Sug. He, he still holds a uh, revenge for you. And then he'll just walk down the stairs. As as you turn to walk away from him, he puts a hand on your shoulder. Why did you keep this until now? Something I thought that uh, didn't need to be shared among an entire group. I see. Your business is your business. You are smarter than you let on. And he takes his hand off your shoulder. Sug will just go downstairs. And Sug hears the door close behind him. The rest of you would probably notice that Sug took an extra 15 seconds or so to catch up to you. Willow's gonna finally bathe. Sug's gonna spend time looking at all of the weapons and the armor that he has and cleaning and making note if it needs repair. Chulul's gonna go up to his tub and just kind of pet the side lovingly. (laughs) He won't be too obvious about it, but he's not really exactly hiding either, but he's gonna go ahead and kind of grab his stuff out from behind the tub and make sure everything looks the same, that nothing has been moved or touched. All right. Chulul, stealth with advantage. Sug, lass, perception. Chulul, what'd you get? 22. Sug? 22. Class. Seven. Sug, as Chilul is kind of like running a hand through the water of the tub, 
and seems to be kind of like lovingly reconnecting with it. You notice that towards towards the area where it reaches the wall and kind of touches and forms a little little gap, you notice that Chalul lingers a little bit more and you see him reach down. You're not sure what he what he did, what he was going for, but it just seemed to be a little odd compared to the way that he was acting before. Having been a slave, he's no uh, he's no new chicken to people hiding small pieces of stuff in areas, personal effects and things. He'll account it to that there was something there that Tulu wanted, but he won't go searching. And nothing has moved of my stuff, right? Because I ruled well enough last time to know exactly where everything is and how I laid it out. Everything is as you left it. Okay, perfect. Grab my stuff stealthily. Yay me. So you guys have about 10 minutes. Is there anything that Sug, Chalul, and Lass would like to talk about as they're kind of gathering their personal effects together? I will miss this tub. Sug will grab, you know, a couple changes of clothes and then he'll uh, weapons and armor that he has. Do we get to keep the uh, fine clothes with leather armor inside? You have not asked about any of that. Well, it was in our wardrobe. Does Sug want to pack it up? Sug will lovingly tuck it Onto its hanger and pat it. <laughs> all of our nice goodies all going away. <laughs> this sure took an interesting, interesting turn. This is why I don't talk about politics. <laughs> there definitely seems to be quite a few uh, clashes between clans here, for sure. And I kind of just assumed back there, but you are okay with traveling towards my destination, correct? I could use your able hands and your fighting prowess. We seem to have fought fairly well together, even if it was a bit rocky at first. Like I said, I've never, never really left me a vet. I don't have anything tying me here. My first memories were of the mines. Other than the last few days, I've done nothing but mine and fight. You both have a lot to learn about what's outside the city. I'm assuming that Chulul's probably traveled a wee bit here and there, you know, kind of going from beyond. Chalul somehow got to Miavet. Exactly, so he's... I mean, honestly, Chalul probably wasn't in Miavet for very long. No. Chalul was in jail for a little while, so probably been in the city for like three or four weeks. So he still kind of uh, has that uh, backwater mentality, but he's, you know, familiar enough with cities that he can, you know, go in one without freaking out. (laughs) All right. Willow. Mm-hmm. You make your way into the bathing room. It's a reasonably sized room. There are a couple, like, large basins that have a plug in the bottom and a spout over the top. You know that you can get warm or cold water out of them. There are also a couple, like, somewhat secured, like, privacy stalls with a spout over them. Function as a shower instead of a tub. What does uh, Willow go for? Before going in there, she would have grabbed some clean clothes, though, so she doesn't have to... So you enter the bathing room, and that's what you're greeted with. You decide to go for one of the showers. Mm-hmm. Okay, go ahead and roll me a d4. I got a three. Okay, roll perception. Oh, boy. 19. You go into the third shower, turn the water on, and after a few seconds, you notice a sniffling sound coming from the shower next to you. Hello? I hear somebody. Can I see their feet? 
These go all the way down to the floor. Like, there might be, like, a half inch of space at the bottom. Because, you know, they don't want people in here, like, just stealthily peeking underneath <laughs> the, the shower curtains. How much space is between them? Like, two feet. I'm gonna make sure I'm covered and, like, move my butt to the edge and use my tail to uh, kind of brush the curtain very slightly so I could see, and then it falls back. So hopefully nobody notices that. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say uh, <laughs> stealth check since you're specifically trying not to let anyone see it. Yes. 24. You see Xanthia sitting on the ground, fully clothed, knees up, arms around her knees, head down, kind of in her arms. Her, her shoulders are quivering a little bit. I'm going to do like a one minute wash job real quick and then grab a towel and wrap it around me. And is there water on her? No. At all? Okay. And then I'm going to go over and kind of peek in and be like, Samphia, are you okay? She's just, what do you want? Well, you're sniffling. Yes. And I was... Wanting to know if you're okay. I don't want anything. I just want to talk. I mean, I'm okay, but I'm not. You want to talk? Not really. I've been through a lot today. I just, I learned more about my family and my mother tonight than I have in my entire life. I mean, obviously I knew that she's not here, but I didn't know that she, she died like that. I didn't know that I'm from the Underdark. Willow's gonna sit down next to her and put her arm around her. And like, kind of just rub. She kind of she lets her head lean a little bit towards you. It's a lot to take in, you know? Yeah. That was a lot for him to lay on you all at once. I mean, if I had known, then maybe I wouldn't have gotten myself wrapped up in all of this. That's true, Why wouldn't too. he tell me? I think he was Why just, would he wait until now? It's hard to be a parent. I wouldn't know, but I assume so. Maybe, maybe just something that happens when you've only got a dad and your mom's not around. Yeah, <laughs> no one to teach him that I should know things like this. Know about my family and my past. Maybe he was just trying to wait for the right time, but didn't know, really know when the right time was. Well, I don't think now was the right time. I don't think he picked the right time either. At this moment, Sug opens the door. Are you kidding me? Fuck naked. <laughs> wearing nothing at all and walks in. We're in the curtain. We can't see you. Sug, roll a d4. Oh, no. <laughs> One. Okay, thank heaven Sug chooses the farthest stall away. He doesn't close the curtain. He just turns the water on, starts to shower, singing badly out of tune to some shanty he heard at Shifty's. Sug, roll perception with disadvantage. Shooting for a 15. One. Sug knows nothing. Willow's going to stay quiet because she doesn't want to give away. One for me. Put it in my mouth. <laughs> Whiskey. She kind of does that that thing where you're like 
crying or on the verge of tears and someone's trying to make you laugh. So you're like shaking with laughter, but also just like. <laughs> Can they see Sug though? He doesn't know they're He's, there. They're totally in a curtain. Well, I don't know if they like peeked out. No. Okay. If I hear it to you, I'm not going to look. You don't know what's going on. I don't need to see all that. No, here's the thing to think about. They both saw me leave the room. <laughs> so, you know, in this this tender moment, totally destroyed by a half-orc man coming to take a shower, Xanthia kind of kind of leans up. She wipes both of her eyes. Thank you, Willow. Welcome. I should get some sleep. If you need to talk more, let me know. I'll be here. Well... I'll be here for like five more minutes, but your dad knows where to find us. You're leaving? Yeah, we're gonna be, he's sending us to the Bannered Mare overnight, and then we're leaving uh, something about roads closer to Chulul's area where he so, came from. you guys bring me back, and Very it's not whiskey. good enough for you to stay here. Your dad's making us leave. In my mouth. We kind of... Uh, did a job for him which led a noble to die and now they're searching for us so yeah well as sad as I am to hear that you're leaving I can understand the business behind that you're welcome to come with us if you want to if you want to get some space from your dad for a little bit I'll think about it I think I should get some sleep though it's been a long couple days me. Thank you. And she like leans over and hugs you. So I'll be finishing hug. up his shower and heading over to the towels. I'm gonna go back over to my wherever my clean clothes are and put them on. Xanthia was never undressed. She wasn't <laughs> wet. She was just in here for some pseudo privacy for, you know, it being like two o'clock in the morning, thinking that no one would come in here. But she just walked straight out of the room after Willow goes to get dressed. Hey, Sanfi, you're supposed to take your clothes off if you go to shower. <laughs> As Sug says this, she has her hand, like, on the door, takes her hand off, and walks back over to Willow. I don't want to leave you in here alone with that. He's going to be slowly rolling up a towel. <laughs> I, I uh, show her my claws, and I say, no worries. If Sug is doing him. this where she can see, she still has a dagger at her belt and just... He's still rolling up a towel. At this point, Chalul's he's gonna no, open he's the no door. door. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna look at it and be like, I'm in a towel with my claws out, showing Xampia that I've got this. He's rolling up a towel. He is proficient in wear. And Chalul walks in to see all of that. Chalul walks in and is just like, I didn't know they had a whole room dedicated to bathing. <laughs> <laughs> it's called a water closet. Sug's gonna get like a half grin, turn towards Shlul, and give him a uh, a wet towel whip snap. What's your reaction to seeing all right. like all of us like about to? So go, go ahead and roll an attack. Oh man! Eight. Yeah, it misses you. Wait, do you have any armor on? I have Still natural a base armor. <laughs> <laughs> so it snaps against scales. At this point, Xanafia is like looking at the dagger in her hand and then looking at Sug and Chalul and just like, I, she tucks her dagger in and just be like, I 
I'm gonna go now. <laughs> oh, I see everybody's here. Well, hi then. Well, not hey, everybody. Hey, hey, last. You want to join us? Everyone's yeah. here. Still naked, by the way. Just yell that down the hall. Yeah. <laughs> just gonna lean back out the door. Last pokes her head out the door. What's going on? Still with the memory <laughs> of the naked half. I've already buns seen leaving. him once. <laughs> Is he still naked? Yeah. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> Wait in here. Suggle so stick his head out the door. Come on! <laughs> <laughs> So Chalul will kind of shove him back over because he's getting too much in his personal space. <laughs> oh, there's other people sleeping on this floor. <laughs> Willow's holding tight to her uh, towel. Still, still making the rat tail. Willow would have other clothes back in the room if she wanted to just abandon the situation. He's at the doorway now. No, Chalul kind of well, just not far, like five space. Five yeah, feet. I didn't like shove, shove him, but I kind of like pushed him out of my personal space a bit. Because I imagine him just like kind of leaning kind of over me to just be like lean out the door. Hey, join us. <laughs> but yeah, so Chalul kind of seeing the whole area just kind of launches himself in and starts turning on all the showers. <laughs> Hopefully I grabbed all my stuff so it doesn't get wet. <laughs> but all on quick. hot, so it's slowly steaming up. <laughs> I quickly like dash to get my stuff, <laughs> gather it all up. Are you using? Are you using here? I'm using my cat ability? dash. <laughs> Lass, at this point you notice a halfling man dressed in a fine black suit. He's walked over to your guys's bedroom, pushes the door open. Hello, where is everyone? Can I help you? Ah, yes. I recognize you. You do? Yes, the name's Victor. Victor Gold. I brought you here. Oh, gosh, it feels like it's been months. <laughs> At this point, it probably feels like it's been about a year. <laughs> so, I'm here yet again to take you to the Bannard Bear. Where's the rest of you? They're showering. At this point, Sug will have been making his way back towards the room. Oh, no. <laughs> no towel. Good lord, man, did they not teach you to cover yourself? I was in the bathroom. Yes, but you're not in the bathroom. There are people here. Show some decency. The clothes are in the room you're in. You're supposed to bring the clothes with you. But then they would get wet. Show some decency. Whatever. He's going to actually... In. He's actually going to step... It's time to go. ...over the halfling man. Oh, no! <laughs> he sees you approaching and, like, heading straight in his direction, about to step over, and he just sidesteps and thwacks at you with a walking <laughs> stick, like, at your heel. Okay. Does he hit? Uh, yeah, that's an 18 on the die. So, yeah, crack at the back, like, the heel of your foot as you step over. He'll head to his wardrobe to get a clean pair of clothes. So the rest of you are in the bathroom? Yes, they should be back shortly. Oh, okay. No, it's it's time to go. He walks over to the bathroom, opens the door. The lot are you ready? Huh? What? Oh. Y it's yeah. time to go. I'm taking you to the bathroom. Mayor. Oh, yeah. You're that I'm, guy. I have the towel around me with all my stuff, and I just walk past him and walk to the room so I can go get dressed. Good, good, good. It's time to go. Let's get ready. Chulo kind of just gives the room one last wondrous look. Question, does Chalul turn any of the water off? Because <laughs> didn't you say you turn like yeah, all I of did. them on? Yes. Um, yeah, he's going to go ahead and turn them off. Okay. 
no no point in wasting good water. <laughs> so yeah, he'll go ahead and turn it off, grab his robe, pull that back on, and head back to the room as well, grab his stuff that I imagine he bundled all up into uh, into the pouch that he had and also into the bucket that he had taken from the storage room ages ago. So as everyone gets ready, Victor is like standing in your doorway. He's kind of tapping on the ground with his walking stick, a little impatient. Do we have like a backpack to put our stuff in? You guys would all have your standard, like, adventures backpacks. Okay. Chula makes sure he grabs everything he has that he's gained. Does Chalul bring the leather-lined robes? Did he have other mages' robes beyond that? You would have had the robes that you had to begin with, but I'm talking about the ones from Cassian that you wore. Not the ones with the, his insignia on it, no. Okay. Just his robes. So we'll pack up all of his stuff, and then he'll write in bad, like, Think kindergartner style handwriting, J E F for Jeff. Uh, send stuff from blacksmith, Sug. Willow puts on some clean clothes and her armor on top, gathers all her stuff, climbs the banister one last time, scratches her name into the pole. So everyone sees as, as Willow just claws her way up into the rafters. She doesn't care now. Willow. And then I climb back down and. Ready Does Willow take the uh, Cassian clothing? I'm not taking anything that has his symbol on it. Okay. My armor doesn't have his symbol, right? No, you guys all had a very special set of clothes made by Cassian. I didn't take any of the nice stuff. Okay. Lass. Yes. You gather up your stuff, but the same important question. Does Lass take... Nope. Denied. So... Victor's kind of just like, okay, are we ready to go? Yes. Good. We are going now. And he walks this way, this way. Chula follows. Yep. Willow follows. Last follows. Sug brings up the rear. And he leads you through the den to where you guys had come in before. He like pushes the box aside that covers up the trap door that lets you guys down into the rat's nest. And he leads you along a path through the rat's nest and up into the bannered mare. Inside, you guys come out from a storeroom, same way that you guys had entered the den oh so long ago. There's only like three patrons in the bannered mare's like bar area, but it's a very large tavern. They're probably more drunk than not at this point. One of them may be passed out at his table. He walks you through, gives a nod to the man behind the bar, and takes you guys upstairs. Come full circle. He takes you upstairs and around the uh, the overlook into the downstairs area of the Bannered Mare. And he takes you down the like long common hallway, turns left and down to the end. And the, ba- the Bannered Mare's kind of got an L shape to it. And he is taking you to a room in the second floor that is at the, like, tip of the L. Um, Really, he's taking you guys there because it's, like, the most out of the way, kind of, like, as they'd be filling it in. That'd be one of the last rooms that they'd put anyone in anyways. So it really kind of keeps it less obvious. Is there any windows? There are windows here on the second floor, though. The curtains are drawn over them. There's a balcony that runs outside of your guys' room. There's only two beds in here. Not often that they have four people staying at once. 
Are they like lean size beds or are they like cots? Are they like They're probably like a full. You guys could fit two people in them if you're kind of crafty, like like Sug and Lass probably in one bed and Willow and Chalul in the other. Could you fit a lizard under the bed? <laughs> I mean, Chalul has can- canonically been under beds before, so like they're probably high enough and Chalul can get low enough to like wiggle his way underneath one of them. Cool. Bed to myself. Which would mean that Willow and Lass could share a bed. And Sug gets a bedroom, so. <laughs> if Lass doesn't want to share a bed with Sug. Yeah, not after what happened earlier. <laughs> You've seen everything I got to offer. <laughs> There's no mystery left. Taking note of all the exits and entrances and such to the room and all that, Chula will go ahead and kind of wedge his stuff underneath one of the beds that are against the wall and stuff. Since you're underneath, you've probably, like, got it in a back corner to where you're in front of it. <laughs> But yeah, Victor is kind of like, I'm sorry that there's only two beds in here, but, you know, you guys are kind of an odd lot. Make it work. Are you already under the bed? No, I, I, I'm kind of claiming my place and walked in, shoved my stuff under it, but haven't gone so under we'll yet. So just toss his pack at the footboard of one of the beds and then crawl onto it. Yeah, last does the same thing. We'll make do. Try not to make too much noise. Try not to draw any attention to yourself. Do not go outside. Do not open the window. You guys are here in hiding. Don't fuck it up. I will be back to get you tomorrow. I will bring you food in the morning. I will probably end up waking you guys up. I'll bring you food for lunch, and I'll bring you a dinner. Is there water? I can bring you water before you guys all retire for the night. Can you bring, like, a big bucket of water? No. Do you see me? I, I come up to your knee. Do you think I can bring a bucket up here? My friend needs water to live. Your friend can do without, can't you? Just for one day. Very well. He kind of just looks at him for a moment and just kind of turns away. <laughs> it could be worse. Cassian could just turn you guys over and you'd be dead. Thank you for the uh, blunt assessment of our situation. I'm pretty sure Cassian wouldn't do that, especially since Xanthia is his daughter and she adores us. Nope. If it was anyone else, he probably would have turned you guys over and you'd all be dead. So be happy with the situation that you guys have. It's a hell of a lot better than anyone else would have gotten. This chulo kind of looks at him and just does his baring his teeth in a big old grin. I'm going to get you guys water now. <laughs> Good idea. Pulls the door shut. <laughs> I, I, I thought, isn't this how you guys show happiness? <laughs> you did well, Chulo. Okay, then. <laughs> and he goes back to tucking his stuff under the bed. Within minutes, Sug is asleep. So, who wants a lizard under the bed? I'm not sleeping with him. So I go and sit on the other bed. I had already climbed onto one of the beds. And after a few minutes, did you just hear on the door? I'll get up and go answer about, it. About hip height sounds kind of like a stick banging on the door. I'll go answer it. Chula's still aware, but... I've brought you out of... Why, thank you. He hands you two pitchers. They're like a gallon each. She takes them both, no problem. She's buff. Victor, like, notices that Sug is already asleep. She's like... So the big man uh, goes down easy, huh? Apparently so. Good night. And I just like shut he, the like, door. He like taps his stick stick to the top of his head and like salutes at you with it. I'm shutting the door. See you in the morning. And I walk over to Chalul and be like, here you go. Thanks. Hopefully this gets <laughs> you through. He'll go ahead and take one of them. You'll put one by the side of the bed and the other one he'll kind of just start sipping from. <laughs> keeping in mind that uh, splashing water everywhere won't exactly be keeping a low profile. So he'll slowly sip it. Well, it gets back in the bed and actually like curls up this time 
So, with this, does everyone begin to settle down and go to sleep for the night? Yeah. Yes. If that is the case, then that is where we will wrap up. And this, you guys will become level three. Woohoo! While we take a break from this campaign to start up the first podcast arc of the Aurelian Epic. Now, hopefully, the Aurelian Epic doesn't crash and burn. Listeners, please give us feedback. If you are unhappy with the change, I'm sure we can accommodate it. Say bye, everyone. Bye. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us. We will see you again very soon. Thank you for listening to this remastered episode of Adventures in Aurelia. We hope you were liking what you heard. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, come join our Discord over at adventuresinarelia.com slash Discord. If you have a friend who likes fantasy stories, introduce them to the show by showing them adventuresinarelia.com, where they can find links to episodes, read our blog, and find our social media. If you'd like to support the show and what we do, you can donate to our Patreon over at patreon.com slash adventuresinarelia.com.